Hello and welcome to the BL podcast. Union budget announcement is over. In the last full budget before the general assembly elections, the Modi government has made some big announcements. In this episode of Budget 2023 special series, we shall discuss the impact of union budget on the insurance and banking sector. To discuss the matter, I'm joining with Hamsini Karthik who closely cover the sector. Welcome to the podcast Hamsini. Hi, thank you for having me. So, what does the budget have in store for the insurance sector? Well, uh, it's very interesting because uh, run up to the budget, the insurance companies, whether General Life, they were all very enthused about it. They thought that they were going to get uh, quite a bit of, uh, uh, you know, extended exemptions and a lot of incentives. We were talking about composite license getting introduced during the budget session and so on. But much to the sector's dismay, uh, there have been two things which have been introduced. Or rather, one is an extension of what's already in place, that is the new tax regime. Earlier, there was an option between the old tax regime and the new regime, with the old one being the more prevalent one. But now, it's just flipped, which means that by default, you will have the new tax regime. If you want, you can opt for the old one. Right. So that means that under the new regime, you don't have any of those deductions, any of those incentives for savings and things like that. So one of the reasons by insurance, I wouldn't say this is the reason, but this is one of the primary reasons for the insurance companies to do uh, quite well is that a lot of their products did help a individual or the customer to avail tax benefits. Now that is sort of getting capped out. Uh, those possibilities are shrinking year after year with every budget. That's one. The second thing that has happened is that premiums over rupees 5 lakhs will be subject to taxes, okay? Which means that uh, you could ask how many of us really pay out a premium of 5 lakhs or more. It's a very valid thing, but you should understand the intent of this particular uh, proposal. Uh, it means that usually H&I's take, you know, these one-time policies, endowments, money back and stuff like that, which are typically high ticket uh, uh, plans, right? So those policies tend to have a large bulge of premium and a lot of it was under the tax net. Now that goes off the radar. Anything above 5 lakhs you pay as premium comes into the, is not available for a tax deduction any longer. So how will this push towards the new tax regime affect the insurance companies? Fair enough. So like I mentioned earlier, under the new regime, you don't have any of those one one and a half lakh deductions or that one lakh or chapter 6A deductions and stuff like that, right? You have the flat tax structures tax labs, the tax structures, and a flat rate for taxes. That's it. One thing we'll have to remember is that in the insurance sector, whether it's general or life, um, the last three months of the fiscal, which is usually called the JFM period or the Jan-Feb-March months, that's the most critical because that's when people start planning for their taxes and buy these insurance policies, especially relevant in case of life insurance people, right? 
So JFM sales, as much as insurance companies deny that, you know, we've moved to an all-round year through sales and premium distribution, etc. The truth of the matter is that 30% of their annual premiums are generated during this JFM months, right? Which means that you can see a direct correlation between tax ops and a increase in uh, availing or preferences towards life insurance products. That is a revenue or a top line which will suffer for these companies. And that's one of the direct implications of moving to the new tax regime. So we were talking about the imposition of tax with uh, the new premium limit. So how does this affect the insurance companies and the you know regular users? And also you talked about the intent behind this particular plan. So what is the mm-hmm. intent and how should we see this? I'll take the intent part first here. So for a very long time, like like we have this concept of financial inclusion in banking sector where we want to go through, uh, go deep into grassroots people. We want to go to the bottom of the pyramid uh, people in terms of, uh, you know, spreading the banking products and so on. The efforts of the government in the last 10 years or so has been towards penetration of micro-insurance products or rather take insurance to people who are not typically from organized sector, but see if there's a way that they can also come under the insurance net. Remember, as a country, we don't have something called as a social security, right? So this this diversification or increasing the bulge of insurance net is one way of preserving social security in the country. And a lot of efforts have gone into it, like PMJJY and so on. But the other thing that we also have to remember is that nearly 50 to 60% of the people that take insurance, and by insurance, I mean term and non-term products, that is protection and non-protection products, would come from the HNI category or the high net worth individual category, right? So for them, it's largely a financial planning tool, a tax planning tool, and so on. So the thought process somewhere seems to be that insurance is not sort of uh, meeting the slated purpose for which it was really designated, which is insurance for all. You know, that that as a... Uh, a priority is getting challenged repeatedly, which is why the union uh, finance minister has brought in this uh, plan to, uh, you know, sort of cap premiums at five lakhs. Anything over and above five lakhs, you're not going to get any benefit or sobs out of it, right? Which is a direct hit to uh, HNIs. Now, HNIs, if they come by design, then it is another thing, which means that they're not looking at insurance just from a tax perspective. But what also happens, we should remember, is that HNIs are like low-hanging fruits for insurance companies. It's one single check that helps them bulge their top line, right? So it's also dirt, like like we have this word called dirt, lazy banking. It's also lazy insurance. They attack the HNIs, get the money from them, where where some amount of you know hard work and penetrating going under the surface etc is required that's never cracked so much that there it becomes still a push it's not a push product it's still a pull product and mind you what i mean by pull and push is that push means it is a product that is a sort of sold through marketing pull is a product that is bought out of necessity now even in a pull product 
kind of a situation for the low net worth individuals or for the low income individuals the uh, the uh, qualifying amounts for a term insurance and so on it's still very prohibitive i think by bringing in these sort of caps to premium etc we are slowly getting to a place where we would start seeing more of that population participate in the protection space in the in the insurance space as such so now as we discuss um, this new a uh, premium change will have an impact on the high end customers to the insurance companies right what has been the reaction of the insurance companies about this there are two three things that insurance companies need to sort of really bother about now there are a lot of ambiguities uh, uh, with respect to that 5 lakh uh, premium cap is it 5 lakh of the total premium paid by an individual uh, uh, towards a certain company in a fiscal or towards all premiums all insurance policies in a fiscal or towards one particular stream of insurance policy in a fiscal so this is something that insurance companies over over the course of the week next week rather will want to seek clarification on uh, that's one and uh, number two uh, we need to also bear in mind that Uh, since a large chunk, about fifty sixty percent of uh, the the customer pool comes from the H and I category, they will have to sort of re-strategize on their marketing plans. They will have to start uh, redoing their products as such, which means that they'll have to work from the back end of actuarial calculation to everything because they will increasingly over a period of time start working with a population where there's not. a uh, a salary slip as such from an employer but that person is indeed drawing a salary and this is the kind of person that the uh, the government wants to be brought under the insurance net right so the the right from the actuarial to the underwriting to the marketing uh, plans everything i think uh, we will over the next 6 months see insurance companies sort of really brainstorming about and coming up with new uh, initiatives uh, because the implication to the top line as we have pegged it right now could be anywhere between 10 and 15% okay and that could flow into a bottom line impact that is net profit could be affected to the extent of 5 to 7% now that's a huge number we're talking about and given that most of the insurance companies in india are run by you know very big uh, uh financial companies or large conglomerates like a bajaj or a tata hcfc icici group and so on this sort of a hit to pnl and subsequently to balance sheet is not something one would be comfortable with so my guess is within the next 6 months you will see a huge recalibration in their strategies so talking about that so we have something called as unit linked insurance plans which are mm-hmm. tax exempted so will there be a rise in these plans well you hit it on the nail because this is exactly what uh, a certain section of lobby within the insurance industry are also sort of talking about that ulips up to 2 and a half lakhs is exempt then why should premiums be taxed above 5 lakhs we need parity right but we need to again remember two things here every budget whatever has been announced that's never going to be recalled the same year if any it might be recalled only next year so we've got to wait for that 
And uh, the second aspect is that given that, you know, uh, the government is also gradually moving to a phase of adopting insurance, not linked to merely taxation, but really resolve the, uh, the actual problem in front of us, which is that we don't have lives protected as much as what foreign countries do. Um, in in uh, Southeast Asia, South Asia and Southeast Asia, the uh, penetration of insurance is almost 100%. Certain countries is more than 100%, which means that people have double cover for their lives. Whereas in India, it's not even half yet. So um, as we are talking about, you know, those larger macro issues, I don't think we will have a step back in terms of building a parity or a bridge between ULIP and other products for the premium. So the way I see it, and this is on a lighter side, over time, I think ULIP premium up to 5 lakhs uh, will come under the, uh, above 5 lakhs will come under the net. That, that That's logically how I see it, frankly. So we'll have to wait and see. Moving on to the banking sector. So mm-hmm. state-owned banks are seen as one of the losers in the union budget. So what does the budget hold for the banking sector? Why are we singling out state-owned banks? Uh, I would say the entire sector because uh, you know for the last two three years really the reason why uh, India was very resilient uh, to withstand all the crisis of COVID and its financial pressures was because the banking sector was given a lot of leeway a lot of exemptions Uh, customers who are critical to the banking sector uh, especially in the MSME space we had a emergency credit guarantee scheme and things like that now all that is beginning to taper a bit and this budget really didn't have anything as a benefit to offer to the banking sector after all the hullabala that we've heard around uh, disinvestment uh, in the last four years very surprisingly and pretty much in line with what we saw from the finance minister in uh, FY23's budget. This year too, there was absolutely no mention of divestment or uh, what is the plan with respect to stake sale of public sector banks. Uh, But then she's mentioned that there will be a lot of amendments, a lot of changes that will be brought about to the uh, RBI Act, to the Banking Regulation Act and laws that govern banking companies or the Banking Companies Act as such. Uh, some of it may be in line with uh, us adopting, us as in us as a nation, adopting um, uh, the India's in uh, accounting norms for the banking sector. We're already past our due date. So we, RBI has, I think, set an internal deadline of uh, uh, 2025 for adoption. We recently saw the ECL norms or the uh, credit loss norms being put out uh, a few weeks back um, to to bring about uh, the INDAS adoption. So maybe we'll see a lot of changes to law in, in order to converge Indian banks with foreign banks on accounting practices. That could be one. There are more changes which is required to uh, the PSU bank's ownership uh, so that privatization as a process can be facilitated. Maybe the next one, one and a half years, we'll just we'll just see all these things roll out. But other than that, frankly, it was a it was a very damn squib kind of a budget for the banking sector. Ironically, banking sector cheered the budget the most at the start of the 
conversation at the start of the budget speech, uh, but it was completely disappointing towards the end of the day. And added to that is that insurance fiasco. Um, that's important for banks because banks draw about seven to ten percent of their uh, non-interest income from fees uh, that is fees uh, earned by selling these insurance products uh, whether for their own banking subsidiary or for other uh, insurance companies so and for banks like i said earlier the high net worth individual bulge is the most attractive and the most low-hanging fruit ever on earth so that money is going to be off the table and they have a lot to worry about rather than cure from the budget there we come to the end of the uh, podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today and explaining what has happened to the insurance and the banking sector after the budget. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, listeners, for listening to us. We'll bring you more analysis about the budget in the coming week. Stay tuned. This is Jaya Priyanka signing off. <laughs>